Welcome to the Sports Carnage Podcast, presented by Detroit Sports Nation, featuring Paul Roshan, D. Dylan Bear, and Ryan Griffin, delivering the most arrogant takes on the planet straight to your ears. We don't promise to always be right, but we promise to act like we are. Folks of the internet, we have ourselves a grand occasion. The original team of Sports Carnage is back for the first time since week five. Check out those original episodes. Oh my goodness, it's awful. Ryan is here. Paul is here. And I, D. Dylan Bear, I am here as well. It's time to jump on in with the original gruesome twosome and plus Paul. Uh, So, (laughs) gentlemen... We are going to start off with a topic that we brought up, and it was it was prompted hold and sparked on, by. Hold on, we gotta slow down a little bit. I How? know that we disparage and ignore him in our intro, but we would oh. be remiss to say why it is just the OG three. Yeah, we would be remiss because it's his personal information that we shouldn't be putting out onto our podcast. So no, thank you. What did you even? All right. Nope. So since nope. Dylan doesn't nope. want to play nice. No, and I don't want that's that. There's Matthew a veil. There's Basin a line. Was there's very line. clear. No, I, when asked directly, this is philosophically against my beliefs. Are it's not. It's not your life. Wonderful. <laughs> I, I, I like. Nope. Our amazing, deep vocaled castmate went out to Lake Tahoe this week. That was an awful description of it. How? What would you like me to say? Our bald Jewish friend. <laughs> it's not even bald. I think he's close enough. Since since Dylan only disparages people, we can't give nice descriptions of people. But he went out to Lake Tahoe this week, abandoning his troublemaking life behind, and he went out and got engaged. So, Hooray. it's very very Woo. wonderful. Congratulations to Matthew Basin. That is why he is not here with us tonight. All right. And now Dylan Alicia Mason. All right. can Jeez, continue God. to ignore him like he wanted to. I did. All right. Well, again, the gruesome twosome plus Paul is back. And with it, we have a discussion that was prompted by Anthony Davis's talk very incorrectly. But we're actually going to get to that next week when Matt's here. We wanted to talk. I specifically thought it was a great idea to start talking about the sports mecca's for all the sports, for college football, for basketball in general, because to be fair, those two were very too, just too close. But college football, basketball, NFL, NHL, and MLB. Now we're going to save the talk of basketball, the MLB, and NHL for when Matt gets back. But while Paul and I are in the same room for the first time in what feels like forever, not in the same which room. is actually ten, it's actually ten weeks, believe it or not, that we haven't had our full core together. Uh, we want. I wanted to start with some football, so I'm gonna just throw it right away. It's sports time. The uh, the team is back here, and uh, uh, Paul, why don't you start us off with you your initial idea for the sports mecca of college football? I had a lot of initial thoughts about this because and this is one of those things, like many things, that really come down to how you define mecca, and this is something that I think will be very personal. And that's the nature of college football because it's so spread out, because it's so regional. You can make an argument for many things. 
uh, you could talk about. I know a lot of people would jump at Tuscaloosa right away. But if you really break it down as far as a Mecca destination and you get detailed, they're not really top five. They have the Bear Bryant history and then they have Saban. But as far as being an actual destination, as far as being somewhere that people would flock to to see and being iconic, I mean, how many average football fans could even name the stadium that Alabama plays in? So Bryant-Denny Stadium. I, you're not an average football fan, buddy. That's true. That's true. <laughs> We're doing a, a podcast, man. We don't count. So <laughs> then I, I thought one of the granddaddy of them all, that was one that popped into my mind. You have the Rose Bowl. But then you look at the West Coast, the state of the West Coast, the games that are actually played there, how many people actually go out there. And outside of the Rose Bowl itself, which is a very regional game, it's almost always Big Ten versus Pac-12, and you're excluding how much of the country. And really, it comes down to me, to two stadiums, and they are rivals. It comes down to me to South Bend and to Ann Arbor. Jesus Christ. Oh, surprise, surprise. God. I didn't want to be predictable during this, so I read a lot. I wanted to see what other people thought. And regardless of what our Spartans on casting, and that's why I wish Matt was here to do this, because he is, usually tries to be fair and impartial, no, unlike not... these guys. You cannot have a discussion about the history of the sport without talking about the big house and about Michigan. And through all time, they have remained relevant. And right there with them has been Notre Dame. These are two extremely similar college towns for good reason. Notre Dame legitimately ripped off Ann Arbor when building their campus, but that's okay. We'll let it slide. They are the two winningest programs in college football history, along with Texas. They have played each other since the 1800s. They have two of the most storied and beautiful stadiums in all of the land. And you look at teams, especially Notre Dame, especially South Bend, being the independent that they are, the sheer amount of teams that have played in South Bend, the sheer amount of fan bases, that have memories there. I give the edge to Ann Arbor, and it has nothing to do with my fandom. It's simply because of the big house. Regardless of everyone's what everyone's eyes are in the back of their skull, well, that's right just now. lazy. But God. that's okay. You you can't give any also, credit where it's due, no matter what. But that's okay. I can't have you running this unsolicited for so long. I got to ask you something. I'm asking ask because away. our our interpretations are already veering very far off. I would believe you understand what the phrase Mecca means, like, when it's referenced, correct? Like, what? I, the reason I'm saying it, is it, Mecca... Like the Muslim term? Well, okay, so the term of something being the Mecca of something is that it is something with, for a pilgrimage, right? Because yes, the city the of Mecca... Right, exactly. What, right, but for everyone. And yes. that's where I think already I'm starting to have a little little tiffs with your point is that Ann Arbor actually, and, and, and those, the I don't... The biggest reason eh, that I, I picked Ann Arbor 
It has nothing to do with the team that plays there. Well, I think Ann Arbor's more accessible than South Bend by far. I'm just saying. Yeah, South Bend's hard to find. Stadium in the sport. Every single fan, regardless of what team, knows the big house. Every single one. I don't care if you're a freaking Division Three fan. You know what the big house is. And you know who plays there. And you know what city it's in. And you know its capacity goes into the 100,000. Lovely. Now, to be fair, we are going to be expanding into this more when we dissect my my former very poorly aged list of of the ranking of the Big Ten stadium. So I think you'll have a lot more to, to say clear, on the big house I'm not then. Saying, I'm not saying that it's the best stadium in the country. I'm not saying... It's the place that you have to go to. Because you could argue in college football there isn't a Mecca. But if we're stuck uh, to pick one. I mean, that's, that's what we're arguing. Right. So, here's the thing. Ryan, Ryan, let's go, dude. You clearly don't have the big house. So what is No, your abs- absolutely not. Patently ridiculous. <laughs> Mine yeah, is Atlanta, uh, Georgia. And Atlanta doesn't boom! have... There we go. The yep, same. College, right? There we go. So, I'm... Uh, Throwing in Athens with it, um, because of course where Georgia is, but it houses the college football uh, Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame. You yep. get just ton of elite talent every year comes out of Georgia, and obviously they don't all stay in state, but a lot of them do. Even now, you have Trevor Lawrence. Uh, before you had Bradley Chubb, Nick Chubb. Really, just the list goes on. From all the players that you can get from Atlanta in that little pocket in Georgia specifically, they produce four number one draft picks, which is, I think it's the the highest is fifth from one school, and then there's a bunch of schools with four. Georgia's, one, Georgia's that one. Last, uh, last one, Matthew Stafford, of course. And then of the last, what is it, four of the past four classes, they produce 46 top 100 prospects, which is fourth in the nation throughout the states. And obviously, they're not quite as big as some of the other states like California or Texas that may that may pump out some more. So on a just a per capita basis, uh, they also have the stadium to go with it, Mercedes-Benz Stadium. One thing that I think, and it's probably a point Dylan's going to make next week about Madison Square Garden, but he made it in the chat, is a lot of the conference tournaments have at least tried their shot at Madison Square Garden. So you have that draw right there. Nobody's ever going to play a Big Ten championship game, right? Like at the big house, it's not. So it's, it's not I, quite I as des- desirable. But I Mercedes-Benz cannot. Stadium, people want to go there, and it's a much bigger draw from the talent that it produces. It's not a college football stadium. Well, it's a because city. It's the mecca. Oh, hold on. It's the city. No, no, no. We're talking no. about the city what of city? Atlanta. The two cities that are an hour apart. What? An hour and twenty minutes. You, how, how are you calling Atlanta? A college football mecca, because it is. How? Okay, I'm I'm gonna help, I'm what, gonna help him out for the college no. football teams that play there. Yeah, no, hold on, what hold college on, football team hold plays on. In Atlanta? Let me do this. So no, let me do this. So how would you call I, the I, New I, York? Well, Ryan had his part. Well, that's that's kind of uh, the point. But well, no, because, because in fairness, because play at Madison no, Square here's the thing. Like what? Using well, hold on though. Using your logic, Madison Square Garden is not in was not nor ever has housed a college basketball team. So you can't use 
the same logic and ignore it for MSG. I don't recall now, ever saying MSG was a college basketball mecca. No, but your criticism that Atlanta's stadium is not a college football stadium, you would have to use the same criticism with MSG, but you won't. That's what I'm saying. I didn't say MSG was a college basketball mecca. I wouldn't, ever. I would never say oh, that. Oh, okay. All right, look, I'm... Anyways, I need I need to I need to do my I need to do this my part absurd. because Ryan had his part. I have more facts that are going to hurt that you. Are over an hour no. apart for starters. Hold on, hold on. Here's the crazy part: is that number one, Ryan did a great job with the recruiting part, which I didn't have those numbers for. I knew it was a thing, but great point. Great point because it, it's a hotbed for talent. Is, is and I'm going to talk now without your interruption. Hold on. Hold on, sir. I just asked because you a question at the Georgia. end of your spiel. Shut up. Let me talk. The first time that you've been back in 10 weeks with us together, and you already Listen, can't stop I, or I cut me off. Listen, you Enough. Let me say my piece. This is ridiculous. Mercedes-Benz Stadium houses. The Sugar Bowl has housed the national championship or a college football playoff in Four, I believe it's been four of the past ten years, which is at almost as high as New Orleans, which used to be, I would say, bigger than Atlanta, but not ever since Mercedes-Benz Stadium has been made. It has arguably the trump card, which is the College Football Hall of Fame, is there for a reason. It is the center of where are the where is the SEC headquarters? It is in Atlanta. On top of that, I am going to list off every major school and program that is within a five-hour drive of oh, Atlanta. Our Mecca, five hours. Five-hour five hours. That's our Mecca. Holy crap. Ole, Me- Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Vanderbilt, Tennessee, Clemson, South Carolina, Georgia, Florida State, Hold Florida, are you Alabama, right Auburn, and, you're, you're uh, and you could, you could throw in North Carolina. Bet. For your Mecca destination. Like, people go on vacation, and they're That's like, over yeah, 10 schools gonna, across two I'm conferences. I'm going to be in this area. We're going to go up to five hours away, but this fine. is Fine. No, no, no. Fine. 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 I'll reduce it down to three hours. Three How hours. How about you reduce okay? it to, I don't know, 15 minutes? I mean, it's... No, let's... Two, okay. Fine. Two hours. Let's go with two hours. What is you this? You still have Clemson, the, Georgia, Alabama, Auburn. Those what's, four. What's the best country for college football in the world? I can get anywhere in the U.S. in five hours. All right. You, you, we're losing this on deaf ears because we have it's a ridiculous. mountain of, of, of statistics to prove You are making a mockery it, so. of what a Mecca is. That's the problem. You are making a complete I mean, mockery it's a, of yeah, the We're time. arguing for mass appeal. You're arguing for You're your Midwest for perspective. How, Who yeah, the hell on the West Coast cares about the big day? How many Mercedes-Benz every year? Two? No. I just, named, I just named for you that it's at least three. You you not and also also to be fair you're saying oh well it's only three games yeah it's also the so, national championship the so SEC title cute. game so and the Sugar Bowl that's cute so two hundred thousand fans see a college football game at the Mercedes Benz Stadium every the year. SEC headquarters are there the that's college adorable. football Hall of Fame is there I mean Michi- I, Michigan I, I, there's enough fans literature to a stadium every year all right yeah you're two hundred k let's yeah, look at the cool. uh, uh, articles that's here that's a must see destination. I mean, it's everybody that goes to Michigan it lives in Michigan. Football. Like, how yeah, is that a Mecca? I, I don't know. It's the Mecca of Michigan football. I, I told you exactly how it's a Mecca because it's the most iconic stadium in the sport. And I said, I don't care. But it's, it's not, not a mass appeal not, thing. I, and you, also, it's not. Listen, I <laughs> would say that there is no Mecca in college football. That would be the real answer. I mean, I already got. Question. 
That's not actually I mean, answering the question. Here's the and thing. I, I, I got was actually trying to keep the spirit one, of the question two, instead three, of making four, a fucking mockery of it. I got six major articles right here saying Atlanta is the mecca. If you wish, I can really trounce you with them. Because I think that's complete bullshit. Because uh, let's see. (laughs) I mean, you got it from Bleacher's. You got got it at seventeen out of twenty. Yeah, that's cute. You know. Oh, you know what's funny also is that there's an actual published book titled "How Chicken and College Football Help Make Atlanta the Mecca." Of football. Chicken. Chicken like makes it, That's about the most racist well, thing I've of Chick-fil-A. ever heard in my life. Chicken makes college football mecca. Genius. Yeah, because awesome. of Chick-fil-A and its sponsorships I mean, with college listen, football. Canton, don't worry. Canton is the mecca of the NFL, clearly. Canton I mean, doesn't this house is, this is the easy. national title games and isn't within driving distance of 10 Power 5 schools. 10! I, I think it's actually in driving distance of a lot more based on your definition, but sure. All right, Ryan, I'm done. This, cl- I mean, we are we're we're within what I mean, ten minutes, ridiculous. and You're I'm like, already done. The with U.S. The U- U.S. 17. The, the mecca for college football. Come to the U.S., guys. Come on over. I appreciate that. At least the, the listeners are going to understand this. Jesus Christ. I don't think anyone would understand anything other than you making a complete mockery I mean, of your own topic. Only only one state goes to the big house. You know how many people would come to Mercedes Benz, like just from Wait, all over the country. in Atlanta. Or just in Atlanta, Atlanta in general, the like, like Atlanta, Atlanta is a grossly growing popular like city. It's on the up and up in every category yes, you can think of. And how, and also ha- there. big house got it is partially Michigan because though. Franklin <laughs> County represents. Like okay, yeah, like the big house. Only the state of Michigan, some parts of Ohio, like Big Ten country. I'll say for Big Ten country. Sure, why not? But I really don't see how you can sit there and say an Oregon fan it gives a shit about the big house. It was extremely No one cares. It is the most iconic stadium in the entire country. People okay, hold on. But so, hold on. So is Lambeau oh. Field, but that doesn't mean it's the epicenter of the football world. Atlanta is on so many levels. The programs are near it. The players come from it. The yeah. Hall of Fame is so there. And the national the titles play there. Relevance. The only relevance that Atlanta has is new within the past few years. Do you know how pathetic that is? This is your mecca of college football. The only relevance I had just happened in the past few years. I mean, talk about recency bias. Matt would be having a stroke right now. Yeah, things can change. Like Clemson's a blue blood overnight. I know things in your world change really fast, but I mean, they've won. They've won how many national titles now? They could win the next five, and it doesn't make them a blue blood. Ah, uh, see, that's just you being a dumbass. No, that's not. That's understanding what a blue blood is and that it's about history. It's not about having one hot spot. Oh, threat. shit. I forgot in my list, I forgot to say Georgia Tech, which is within walking distance of Atlanta. Yes, walking distance. <laughs> For completely. I mean, it's in Atlanta, but, you know. Calvin Johnson. My man's. Uh, no, it's I, I, hey, hey, Demarius that's Thomas right, Demarius. and Calvin Johnson. Like, I, I, I guess we're just... Uh, you know, being within yeah. driving Mecca distance of, of That's Alabama, Auburn, the, the Georgia, Clemson, Florida State, Florida, at Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Vanderbilt, be, Tennessee. The absolute worst topic and then answer you have ever had, ever. I appreciate that you and your ponytailed ass are going to be the only ones with that opinion, so... That's not. I really wish Matt was here, because he would be ripping you apart right now. Oh, no. What, a, what no, if Gerald Matt, Ford... Matt is not. Was born in Atlanta. Would that change your mind at all? 
<laughs> what if our fine president from 1971 to 73, what what if he played at Mercedes-Benz instead of the big house? Not even the Jesus most intimidating stadium exist, in its own so... fucking conference. You're, you're, you're touting up this giant... Hey, size matters to you, not how you thing. use it, right? I, I don't care if you agree that the big house is the mecca. You could have picked one of literally 20 stadiums, and I wouldn't have had a problem at all. But you twist the actual city and then write something completely. Right. A Mecca is a place of pilgrimage for every. This is everyone. We're talking. See, here's the problem. You think that every. This is the thing. You're just like, oh my God, this is the most Michigan fan thing ever. You think that you matter to everyone else. And you don't. You roll Atlanta and Athens into one. No, no. I did not say that at all. I did not say that. Don't you dare. Oh. So just Ryan. I didn't know. All right, you're jumping off that bandwagon. My bad. Just well, Ryan. What do you mean bandwagon? I was never on him with that. And also, Athens and Atlanta are two hours apart. Not two hours. They're hour one and a half. Hour no, half. they are two hours apart. De- De- Papa Bear and I, when we're planning our trips, they're, Georgia, actually, Athens and Clemson are the same at, distance apart. It's about, well, I mean, yeah, it does depend on when you fly in, of course, because if it's, you know, five o'clock, then you're kind of boned. But point being is, but this is an argument of scope because you have the delusional Michigan deal of thinking you are relevant to everyone else. No one cares about you. This is peak Michigan State fan. Everything's got to be about Michigan. I I mean, I didn't bring my school into this. Also, how can we not talk about your school when you brought them up? I I don't don't, give a shit. First of all, I didn't. I wouldn't care if I. I talked about the. You said the. You did. You talked about the winning percentage. You just can't separate. You said the winning percentage of Michigan and Notre Dame. I, that's what I was talking you about brought the them up. Programs. No one cares was, about your school. Part of Spoiler alert. Being a mecca. People that are in Stanford or California or just, Texas Tech don't give a shit that's about Michigan. True. That is a complete bitter lie, but it doesn't matter because that's not the point of any of this. You could have said Notre Dame. You could have said the Rose Bowl. You could have said Bryant Denny if you wanted to. You could have said Death Valley. Rose Bowl is the closest out of all. Like you wanted. But an individual school, an, in, you pick an individual school is too narrow. You pick a, a mecca as the death. I'm going to no do the history in the sport. You have a mecca that this. has no history in the sport. That's your stadium has no history in the sport. All right. None. All right, hold on. Hold Ridiculous. On. Here we go. So we need to have a definition of mecca for this because I clearly you and I are not. I, I don't see think we can agree on simple on words. I highly doubt that you and me will because agree on one a is mass appeal. Mass appeal is what we're talking about. And, I mean, it's not even arguable. Like, by sheer numbers, in every sense of the term, Atlanta is going to trump Michigan and the big house, specifically. Because Michigan, while, yes, it is a national brand. I do actually, I recognize that. But, if we're talking the biggest mass appeal, I would sooner say the Rose Bowl than I would say the big house. But Atlanta now is... And has been for a fair bit of time since the SEC's rise. I mean, it's not arguable. It's just a numbers game. That nowhere near the same amount of people are going to go that are outside of the region are going to go to the big house compared to Atlanta. It's just not comparable. It's not. Atlanta, and it's not even an opinion thing. It's not an opinion thing. But also, here's the thing. We're not touting Mercedes-Benz, the stadium. Oh my god, it's the greatest thing you've ever seen. It's Atlanta in some total. 
because it's a broader scope that we're painting a than you. A broader scope of what? What is? I just what, explained else, what else happens in Atlanta I except just that Mercedes-Benz Stadium? You did a terrible job. <laughs> Ryan already said it. Recruiting players. All right, so the it's the college, football. It's the, or I'm sorry, it's and the high college school football, football mecca. Awesome. That's it's where the, the best college mecca. players come from. And also the college, college football college. hall of fame. They don't and play again, there the in college. college. That's so fame. absurd. Like all and of your things, it's just a complete mockery of what you're trying to yeah, do. You're, you're taking, you're talking about players that don't you're, play. You're in talking Atlanta about the college. birthing ground of those best players. How do you? Yeah, how do you? They don't play hold on. there. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, Ryan. I got this. I got this. Paul, you agree with me that New York City is the mecca of basketball, right? Yes. We agree on that. I don't want to be making a false assumption. Do you agree with that statement? If I were to just of say basketball, basketball in general, the NBA, yes. college basketball, you have to be specific. I just said basketball in general. Oh, okay, basketball well, we're not in doing general. Football in general. Right, hold so on, basketball. Listen to my You're words. Make basketball in general. Bas- oh my God! Basketball in general is New York City it? Yes or no? Probably yes. And why? Because if you say because oh so if you say because players come from there, then you're double stepping again. And making an argument for one and not the other. Basketball in general, and we're talking about college football, not football in general. Which I said before you asked your stupid question because I knew you were gonna make a false equivalency like you always do. Alright, well, Ryan, Ryan, we're in agreement on this. Matt's going to listen to it and be like, oh my god, they said the F word so Matt's much. Matt's going to be pissed because uh, editing this is going to suck dick. Whatever. Alright, I'm over it. I, I'll, I'll be honest, I'm, I'm done with him already, so let's move on. Alright, we're moving on to the burnt stove. It's <laughs> not even what it's called. <laughs> I uh, see, there we go. Alright. We were going to do the Mecca of NFL, but I, I have a feeling that Paul is going to say Ford Field because Michigan people go there. So Once again, missing the point, as is per norm. Uh, uh, let's go to something else. Cue no, the cars. No, we're doing it. Mexi- Mecca of NFL. Mexico no. City. That's the Mecca, right? By your standard. No, because the teams are refused to play there. That's that's an awful bird. Yeah, the only team attempt. that refuses to play in Mercedes Benz is Michigan. because <laughs> I can't get there. God says. <laughs> um, no what hey, guys. no wonder Paul does it. No wonder Paul thinks that guys. thinks that it's not the Mecca because his team could never reach it. Now I get it. Now I get it. He he doesn't foresee himself ever going to Atlanta at um, any time. I totally guys. get it now. What about the I'm NFL? Because this right was much harder. At least for oh, me, because I was looking yes. at it and I was like, none of like none yeah. of these makes sense, and I was kind of mad about it. What? It's guys definitely it's definitely difficult because with the NFL, it's so like with obviously college guys, football, it's skewed, right? It's two different regions. Can we can we chill? You guys have embarrassed yourself enough tonight. Okay. Nope. No, Anyways, no, the, no, it's no, two. Re- I, like I college football is two regions you guys where you have the today. Midwest and then you have the Southeast. But with the NFL, it's the entire country. So Ryan, what did you think? Somewhere. What do you when think? When the last football game that Michigan played was at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. What happened? No, they didn't. They got their. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. They played a game in January. Yeah. News to did. me. News to me. It wasn't in January though. It was in December because you're always. Ah. Also news to me, 
Because I don't, I didn't think Jim Harbaugh Listen, showed up to bowl games. You you can you can have your cute platitudes or whatever, but it's pretty embarrassing. Platitudes, like, scoreboard, your, bitch. What both you mean? Your first comment is, "Oh, Michigan never play there." Literally, their last college football game was in Atlanta. You knew so what I meant, just, and you're just once, doing technicalities. No, no you all right. What kind of weak ass? Kind of weak ass punch right is it? now? You completely this forgot, so, and you're so trying lame. to save face right now. And it's again embarrassing. What do you mean, save face? You didn't. You didn't play. You didn't play in Atlanta last year. No, I mean, you we, got sexually assaulted, but scored. you didn't play there. We scored no, okay. six points in our bowl game. Barely, but you what did. What does that matter? Yeah, well, yeah. What you're gonna? Okay, so we, wait. Hold on. Hold on. So hold on. Hold on. Well, you I have a question. So you're wanting game, to. So, so you're wanting well, to compare. Well, you're wanting to compare the mighty Michigan program to the worst Power Five offense ever. Oh, you That's your bar. Personal. I'm just. That's your bar. And, I'm just making a personal. Oh, hey. Also, why is everything about Michigan State? Because uh, I have two Michigan State slappies on. We didn't bring that up. As a matter I mean, of fact, I didn't did play there. The last time we played, we lost by thirty. <laughs> Face. <Yeah. laughs> Actually, wait a minute. No. I thought that was uh, at AT and T. I don't think anybody remembers because it was an awful game. Florida and Michigan. Yeah, Connor Cook had a shoulder. Oh, I thought. I thought. I no, thought it Michigan. It, no, it was ten to nothing. We would have scored, but with two minutes left, dumbass Connor Cook made a horrible interception, and then he did not look back. That is the only reason you're there in the first place. Ah, uh, disagree. That is uh, it's so so many. Not true. No. No. All right, go ahead and watch no. the Big Ten Championship game. Tell me they win. Without I'm sorry, play. who won? Wait, wait, wait. Who won in Columbus? I don't think it was him. <laughs> it was it was two backups. If that doesn't tell you how much Connor Cook was needed, I don't know. They scored 10 points. Right? It was a 10 they won. It was more than 10, but they won. It was 13, and also, in yeah. fairness, with the final drive, who scored the winning touchdown? It wasn't Connor Cook in the Big Ten title game. It was, was who? Because they were on the goal line. <laughs> like, what do you want him to do? I don't LJ. know how else, I, how else to tell LJ you. Was, your, your LJ guy was scorching on that drive. Like, what are you going to do? Not give it to him? <laughs> All right. Anyways. Breaking what? news. Connor Cook has actually just been cut from another NFL team. <laughs> All right. Uh, anyways, on the NFL thing, because as I was legit saying, with college football, it's regional. To be fair, regardless of whether Paul decides to be misguided or, or strong in his opinion or whatever, he said the Midwest, which at least he said that he didn't say something on the West Coast. I'll, I'll forgive him for that. But it's the Midwest and it's the Southeast. That It's a regional thing. With the NFL, the problem with the Mecca argument is the NFL is so much more national in every single freaking corner of the country. Like, it's hard to pin one place down, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I agree. But if so, you're going to have one, I would say Dallas. I mean, AT&T Stadium? Yeah, I, I, I... It's hard to say no because there's so many primetime games there. The, the I mean, uh, you could also argue maybe New Orleans just because they do have so many Super Bowls. Indianapolis is also an option. I, I don't know. It's tough. Like, so... Because nothing pulls... Dallas Too is much. a destination on its own. So you kind of For football rule. in general. You're yeah. ruling out places like Foxborough. Because A, they don't have the history. But even if they had the history, no one's 
going to Foxborough for anything. Yeah, it's too expensive. <laughs> it is expensive too. Goddamn, Boston. Uh, but you have what was America's team for a long time. It's the biggest brand in sports. It is the most valuable brand in sports. I think they said like five billion dollars or something. Some folks would say it's a blue blood. Something just stupid, like absurd amount of money. It's called Jera World for a reason. Wait, wait, what? Jera. Jera World. Jera. Jera. No, Jera. No, it's Jerry World. Jera. You've never. Are you kidding me right now? Are you? Jera. Are you is kidding? It, is this for real? Is this for real? Where is, is this that? for real? Like you guys are what, so what, what do you, what is what do you think the Cowboys owner name is? What is happening? You have <laughs> you, you have never seen Jerry Bott in a southern as Jera. Oh my god. I, I, get on Am Google. Am I having a stroke? No, get on Google. I mean, are you joking right now? And see what? That there's a Y at the end of the name? <laughs> right. not. I, what are we looking for? What is this? You guys, I thought Dylan has at least been down south. But I live there. Not. No, I live there. That's not they, what you're not. What you, I'm. Oh God. Oh man, I'm so. Matt would know sorry. because Matt actually lives in the south and he understands. But again, Matt isn't here, and I'm just with a bunch of uncultured yeah. Midwesterners. Like I'm sure there are people that call it Jelly World. That doesn't mean that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dead. Jesus it is actually Christ. shocking to me that you guys have not heard that. What? It's shocking that you take such umbrage with someone calling it Jerry World. <laughs> I didn't take umbrage at all. Not even remotely. <sighs> this is so painful. Oh, man. Well, <laughs> moving on. Ooh. I Like I said, I had a hard time picking it. <laughs> so no, not moving on I, no, we're gonna move on. This no, is we are. awful to listen to. Once, once you, once no, you find also, it and send dude, the message, you can amazing. come back. I found it. Um, I, you will not load the message. Well, oh yeah, my right. god! I don't know what is it's this? with your cuts on your <laughs> piece of paper. <laughs> Messenger so is the, not sending the picture. <laughs> is that I had a hard time oh, with it? Oh, it's not sending your doctored <laughs> photo. <laughs> Surprise! Yes. Screen I ended up I ended up settling on Lambeau Field, even though I didn't feel good about it. Dallas was another option, um, and even just San Francisco in general. But Packers, most NFL championships combined with the Super Bowls. They have tied for the fourth most Hall of Famers, and it seemed like the immediate stadium that you would think of if you thought of the NFL and if you just thought of, like, a place to go. It seemed like Lambeau would be first on the list, but... I don't have really any problem with Dallas except for the pronunciation of the stadium name, because I was because uh, that was probably Look, my the number thing two. Is, is that Dallas comes to mind for media coverage for events that are there? Although I will say Indianapolis has a pretty strong pull because it has the combine. I can't. That's Ooh. not for nothing. Now say the and they house a lot of Super Bowls. Uh, Indianapolis Colts, especially in our lifetime, is, have been a pretty relevant team. And Lucas Oil Stadium is no joke. It's a really nice place. So I say the uh, so the only thing that Lambo obviously doesn't do is it doesn't really host any events, and there's no uh, that's a negative, right? For me. And there's obviously not any Super Bowls there, but they get plenty of primetime games. And you got uh, the, would, the frozen tundra Lambeau of Lambeau Field the, in, like, its really, own sense is kind of like a 
a, mi- a mythological thing in football. Probably the only other stadium that has a real argument. The detraction from Lambeau is the fact that it's all the way up in. Oh, dude, it's in the middle of nowhere. It's not, and that's that's what separates them from me. But I don't have a problem with you calling Lambeau the mecca. And I don't. I really can't think of many other places that you can make a big argument. All right. So, Ryan, what it looks like, because I did my search based on Paul's thing, it's like a deep internet message board type slur it's, that they it's use on for Jerry every Jones. single meme about Cowboys, like, ever. It's just a facetious way to mock the right. thing. No, I'm, I'm seeing that. I'm t- I, I promise I've never come across it. I'm, like, shocked. Ever. Ever. Like, I've never come across it. Also, to be fair, the subreddit on the NFL sucks. It's nothing compared to the NBA one. So I'm never on it. The NBA subreddit is really good. Right. That's that's why I don't go on the NFL one. It sucks. Honestly, everything <laughs> about really the NBA really <laughs> is great, except the actual on-court product. Uh, anyways, all right. Well, jur- jury, Jerry, Jer- Gary, if we're going by Parks and Rec rules, <laughs> Gary, Gary World... Gary World here. Uh, doesn't matter. We're moving on to the burn furnace. Paul, this is your first, so I'm going to help you all out with this. All right, so we're starting off with a major one coming out of New England training camp, which is that Patriot the Patriots are working out four receivers after Julian Edelman's injury. According to ESPN's Field Yates, the Patriots worked out wide receivers Nick Williams, Justin Hunter, Pappy White, and Traven Durall. I'm sorry, did you say Pappy White? Yeah. Like P-A-P-P-Y? <laughs> And I, I, I would assume that gentleman's name is Trayvon instead of Travin. <laughs> no, it's Travin. It's T-R-A-V-I-N. Jesus. It's Trav- oh. Travin. God damn it. God damn it. Who are these people? Anyways. So, yeah, random guys. But the point being is, gentlemen, I'm asking you, the Patriots, you know, everybody's saying, oh, they're getting older. Edelman just signed an extension, but he has another injury. Is this, is this a sign? Are the Patriots just going to be able to plug and play like they usually do? Or is this Edelman issue something more to be worried about? Uh, to me, if you're concerned about them scoring 60 points a game, yeah, of course it's a reason to be worried. But the Patriots are going to do what they do better than anyone else, and that's adjust. They're just going to play a different style game. And I already personally think this is going to be a huge season for Sony Michelle. So they're going to change your game a little bit. All right, Ryan, what about you? It's cause for concern, definitely, if you're a Patriots fan, because Edelman's a baller, and any of those guys, not that you probably heard of Edelman, you know, before he became Edelman, but there's only so much, so much, you know, luck and kind of, so many times you can go back to the same fountain of getting those guys that turn into Pro Bowl, all Pro type players. I'll tell you what, if I'm a fantasy player, Nikhil Harry is looking like a real piece right now is, this is exactly this is exactly the guy that you want to be looking for and it's the whole reason the patriots got him in the first round in the first as place. long I think as they don't go to the well obvious. of pappy i think they're gonna be okay <laughs> all right anyways 
So, uh, so we got another a, a little development here from the Tyree Kill scenario. Uh, there's no winners in this situation. So Tyree, Tyree Kill's a fucking but, winner. Well, here's the thing. As explained by A.J. Perez of USA Today, those inherent limits on the NFL's investigative abilities, because they are obviously not an investigative firm, prevented the league from conducting a complete investigation regarding child abuse allegations made against Tyreek Hill. Perez reports that prosecutors in Kansas relied on an exception to the state's open records law to deny the league's request for information relating to the case that explored whether and to what extent Hill's son was the victim of child abuse. Guys, we obviously don't ne- want what? the NFL doing what they did to Ezekiel Elliott, but don't. There has to be some remedy to this messed up situation. You want the remedy? Don't beat your children and be a goddamn good person. Uh, That's not happening because these are football players. <laughs> clearly, um, I honestly think the NFL's hands were tied here. I actually didn't know oh, yeah. about the Kansas City thing. That's some. It just came out today. Ass so. bullshit. Like we're right. gonna protect our team. Go suck one. Um, but I, I think the NFL's hands were tied. I, there's just there's no proof. And I do listen. Tyree Kill's probably a piece of crap, but his significant other is also clearly a freaking nut. And she took the they fall. are an extremely toxic relationship. And I think they're both nuts. Oh, yeah. And the problem is, in, I don't even think this is. Uh, note, noting on the NFL's investigative powers, you, just no one's ever going to know what happened. And I do firmly believe, even though it sucks, but you got to be able to prove someone's guilty to really punish them. It, this is America, regardless of what the NFL treats it like sometimes. So, I, I don't know. Karma will eventually catch up with him if he's a pile of crap. Ryan? Ryan? There's no remedy for this situation because probably even as much as I don't like it, they handled it right. I mean, what are you going to do if nothing, like no legal action is taken, he's not being charged, he's not being arrested? So what can you do when your strongest piece of evidence is him on tape saying, you know, you should be afraid of me too? If that's what you're going to go on, I think you're going to open up a kind of a worse can, can of worms than you have right now. But in their uh, loophole of reinstating him or whatever, they did say if new evidence comes forth, that they can reopen their, I don't know if you want to call it an investigation, but the NFL can reopen their uh, their personal conduct policy or discipline or whatever. Uh, basically, they can reopen it and then suspend him back if, uh, if new information or new evidence services about the case. So, real quick from both of you, do you guys think the NFL is going to get Tyreek Hill? Is he going to be suspended within the next... Year and a half. I mean, not Ryan. not for this, but I could see him getting suspended for like weed. Okay, uh, Paul. I think he's gonna lay low, but I don't know how stupid this guy is. I mean, he had stuff out of college too. I uh, this guy seems like bad news. But moving along to a, a much better, more positive story, uh, kind of. Uh, Navarro Bowman, who anyone who knows this guy, top linebacker in the NFL for a number of years and suffered a horrifying injury in a playoff game against Seattle. Uh, the San Francisco Giant or San Francisco Giant San Francisco 49ers have signed him to a one-day deal so he is able to retire with the team after 8 years. It's a good story, but 
I I imagine that if he hadn't gotten hurt, Navarro Bowman may be up there with Bobby Wagner in terms of praise for what linebackers. What do you think? I mean, he was a monster. He was heart and soul of it. the best defense in the NFL for a while before Seattle took that mail for a bit. And he was a do-it-all linebacker before linebackers were really doing it all. Uh, a lot of people were saying he was going to be the kind of next Ray, Ray Lewis mold. Uh, I mean, he... I haven't seen people discuss it, but as short as his career was, I mean, that's you're talking about a guy who should have been in the Hall of Fame. I mean, Navarro Bowman was, like you said, you know, one of the best linebackers, if not the best linebacker in the NFL for a long time. Playing on that Bobby Wagner comparison, I know Navarro Bowman was up real high in the, the overall 90s in Madden 2, you know, 97, 98, somewhere around there with Wagner, of course, getting the 99 rating. I don't know if he'd be as good as Bobby Wagner is right now, uh, just because he'd be a little bit older. But, yeah, Navarro Bowman was the man for a minute. Yeah, I. it's one of the few times where me and my better half are watching, uh, and she she remembers that any time. If I, if I bring it up, she'll always know who Navarro Bowman is. She, could, she couldn't tell me who the quarterback is of my team, but she could tell me who Navarro Bowman is. It was such a bad injury at such a bad time too it was in the playoffs like they needed him and it was in a line scrum just super bad i feel bad for him because he was awesome so we're moving along here to uh michael thomas is looking for a 20 million per year extension according to yahoo sports charles robinson the new orleans saints have offered Wide receiver Michael Thomas, a contract extension that would average between 18 mil and 19 mil per year. Robinson reported Thomas is hopeful of earning 20 mil per, <laughs> but if they don't come to a deal, the two-time Pro Bowler is set to be a free agent after 2019. Number one, should the Saints do it? And number two, will they? Let the bitch walk. I mean, this is stupid. I love Michael Thomas. He's a complete receiver. He's really good at his job. But he's a receiver, man. If he has a great game, he's touching the ball eight times. I mean, what are we doing? $20 million. The receiver contracts are the quickest way to hamstring your team to irrelevantness. The only thing that keeps you out is if you have a guy like Brady or Breeze. It's stupid. He might get it from some pathetic team, but I really hope that team isn't the New Orleans because I think they're more intelligent than that. But... I wouldn't have offered him the 18 or 19 or anywhere near that either, and the rumors are that they have, so who the hell knows? I wouldn't pay him, but if they're if they're wanting to pay him 18 or 19, I don't see them balking on the extra million, you know, at least down the line. But I wouldn't pay him because got to imagine Drew Brees is probably towards the twilight end of his career, and if you pay Michael Thomas for four or five years – you know, you're spending, what, two of those years where you have a highly paid receiver and then no Drew Brees, but because you had Drew Brees, you probably didn't get the number one draft pick quarterback. So you probably didn't get that franchise guy right there um, unless you went digging through, you know, the end of the first round, second, third round, and found your guy. Uh, so it's probably it's a bad situation and really bad timing for both Thomas and the Saints. I, the one thing... Uh, I, not to interrupt, but I can, it's almost a question. I'm kind of curious if that number's real. Yeah, it almost feels like Michael Thomas can't believe that. Because that seems unsafe. I, it has to be. Because here's why. Here, here's part of the reason why. Is that 
New Orleans, very much like like New England, New Orleans wide receivers are system and make no mistake of anything else. There have been so many guys that have come out of New Orleans who got major contracts in free agency. Brandon Cooks is a perfect example. He was otherworldly with the Saints, and it took him a while to get his footing again. And it's the it's the same thing with Kenny Stills. Like, New Orleans is a system, and they can easily replace him. Easily. They made Ted Ginn last year a career revitalization. And it's because it's the most ingenious offensive system in the NFL. No, don't pay him. Let him walk. You do not need him. They did it with Marcus Colston. They did it with Brandon Cooks. You can do it with Michael Thomas. Derek Carr may not travel to Las Vegas with the Raiders, according to Pro Football Talk's Mike Florio. He believes this will be a make-or-break season for Carr, because if he doesn't deliver in 2019, the only time he sees the city of Las Vegas is him buying a ticket or playing against the Raiders. The (laughs) stats for Carr have been pretty poor year over year. If he doesn't improve with all these new weapons, Florio's logic is that he is gone. I mean, it makes sense because you still have Gruden in there. Oh, I'm sorry. Paul's supposed to go first. Uh, but right, it's, it's fine. Good, but, it, but it makes sense. I mean, Gruden's still very early in his 10-year contract there. He's been a guy who by all, at least, you know, I test, he likes Derek Carr. But if he can get rid of Derek Carr, either by just letting him walk or trading him or something like that, and then picking up his own quarterback that he can mentor throughout the process. And again, the Raiders figure to be a pretty bad team. So unlike the Saints, they'll have one of those high picks to pick a quarterback, you know, in the top five, top 10, whatever it is. That seems like the option that they'd probably go with. And it's probably better for business if they go into Las Vegas with, say, a guy like Tua or uh, or even Justin Herbert. Um who, who else can recline? Oh, I think Jake Fromm can come out early. Uh, so if they go into Las Vegas with one of those guys, that seems to be a better move just for them business-wise and probably even football-wise. I completely disagree. I First of all, I think Derek Carr is actually a pretty good quarterback. And I think Jay Gruden, I'm sorry, John Gruden knows that. And... They don't grow on trees. I think the only way this happens is if Oakland completely bottomed out and had a top two pick and were just absolutely in love with one of those guys. But you're still taking a risk, man. And I don't, none of those guys are surefire. Even Tua is not surefire in the NFL. Uh, These are really, really good quarterbacks. and They could have great careers, but they're not surefire. And you're risking a whole lot in what is your risk in Derek Carr? I think he's actually going to have a solid year this year. I think Oakland's going to be better than people think, and I don't think uh, – I just – I don't see it. I know their division's tough, but I don't think they're going to be bad enough, and I think Derek Carr's going to have a pretty good season. He is a lot better than people think. I, uh, I have no opinion on Oakland. I am absurdly indifferent about them. So – Moving along, we, we pick up the pace here quite a bit uh, to our nation's pastime. Let's speed the, these answers up a tad, folks. So according to MLB.com's John Morosi, the, the Tampa Bay Rays have inquired about the availability of Rangers slugger Hunter Pence. Pence has had a brilliant bounce back season ever since he went from San Francisco to Texas. 
and he will be a free agent after this year. And as it stands to reason, Texas will obviously want to cash in on him. In addition to outfielder Nicholas Castellanos as well. So are the Rays going to be getting Hunter Pence? Talk about indifferent. I don't care what the hell the Rays do, and I don't care about Hunter Pence. I'm, the only thing I care about I mean, they have a fantastic is if pitching we are staff. going to get a ransom for the guys that we should. All right, lovely. <laughs> Ryan, do you have any insight? Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if the Rays go out and get Pence. I think they will. They're you know kind of deadlocked right in that wild card race with the Athletics and the Indians and the Angels a little bit behind the Red Sox too. So. I can see them making a move, and Pence seems to be the guy, and he's probably a better option for them than uh, Cassianos is. Hey, thank thank you for the insight there. So here's the thing. This is going to be one that involves all of us. So Nicholas Castellanos is a target of the Chicago Cubs. The Cubs also have interest in Tigers closer Shane Green, reports from David Kaplan of NBC Sports Chicago. Chicago already added Craig Craig Kimbrell, word up, earlier this year. But Pedro Strop, who, by the way, bleeped up yesterday in San Francisco, again, has been struggling. And Steve Sishik, pitching seemingly every single day because he's been in that kind of hold spot. The Cubs desperately need somebody as an in-game reliever. Guys, do you think our two teams are going to be able to make something work? They should be able to. The only concern is the Cubs might be a little gun-shy after trading for Wilson. But uh, Shane Green has had an incredible year. And you, you think you he trend, he's trending up. He's got to figure it figured out. I, you have to. You need a reliever. Go get him. I mean, it's, it's just dumb for both teams not to. Yeah, the Cubs need to hold on to their slim division lead that they have so they can make the playoffs, you know, hopefully get another World Series like they were able to get a couple years ago. And Word the up. Tigers, they're they're in that kind of full rebuild mode. So you might be able to get more. You might be able to get these players for less than you could. You know, if the Tigers were also kind of contending, there's no reason for the Tigers to keep these guys on their team. So, as uh, obviously somebody who's been plugged into to the Cubs all season, uh, the Cubs desperately, they will get Shane Green, I have no doubt. After what Pedro Strop did yesterday, get his ass out. He's done. Get him out, drop him to AAA, put him on waivers, I don't care. What he did yesterday was embarrassing. They need a guy who is a lot better to help out and relieve Sissick because if he keeps pitching at the rate that he is, he is not going to be good for the playoffs. On top of that, the the, the Castellanos thing, I, I, look, that's a lineup that already has Kyle Schwarber and Jason Hayward, and while Hayward's done better, I, I don't know, man. The logic is that Castellanos would be right field, and then uh, Jason Hayward would move to center because Albert Almora has been atrocious. But I think there's better outfield outfielders out there like Hunter Pence. I would not want Nick Castellanos, especially in the NL, where I have to play him out in the field. I and what? Go ahead. I agree that he has more value in the AL, but I think an engaged Castellanos is much less of a defensive liability than people realize, and I think his bat makes up for it. 
Well, we got a, a, a name that I never suspected was going to be on the block, but this is crazy. The Colorado Rockies are talk have a lot of trade talks around one of their key players. So with the Rockies' fortune sinking during a brutal stretch of play in the run-up to the trade deadline, uh, MLB.com's John Morosi reports that the organization would listen to offers for star outfielder Charlie Blackman. It's not clear at this point whether any such discussions have occurred, but he is somebody that they are considering moving. That is very interesting. Uh, apparently not to either of you. <laughs> I though. Know who oh, going. I was, my goodness! I, I was going to let Paul re- reclaim the reclaim the first. <laughs> wow, one. riveting I, stuff I, I'm for actually, Charlie Blackman. I mean, it's kind of shocking, right? Like you said, a name right? that you no. never would expect to see on the trade, but that's so. Listen, I get that the no one is ever untradeable mantra, but this is a cornerstone. This is the guy that you build your team around. I don't. I wouldn't trade him. I don't get it. I'm not the Rockies. I don't know. I don't know who this gentleman is, but he oh, sounds no. to be a, a, oh, a no. pretty good baseball player. But very. if oh, no. the Rockies want to go ahead and <laughs> blow it up and trade their Paul George, trade their Anthony Davis for just a ton of future assets and hope that works out, all the more power to them. Oh, no. I, I got to be honest. I, I do find it quite surprising that a team that is able to start a lineup with Charlie Blackman and Nolan Arenado, that they weren't able to get anything done in a ballpark I mean, that is the arguably the biggest for advantage. Is, you know? I, I don't know how old he is, but he is older. He's in his 30s, I'm pretty sure. So, but this man is so good. I'm trying to think of teams that would be going for him, though. I mean, obviously, I think the Cubs would flirt with it, but I don't think they're going to want to give up what they what they – Probably the are going to need to. He get was him. slugging like 600 with an on base percentage of north of 350. Like, I don't know. He's really Although, good. How, do we know how many years he has left on his contract? I'm. That, that I would have. Let's see. Here. It, I, with his age, which I don't know, but I know that he's a little older. If you could get. He is 33. Oh, he's even older than I thought. I was thinking like 31. However, he had oh he is tied up to twenty twenty three. I guess if you Ooh. could get, it's a surprising Ooh. name because you a didn't I didn't realize how old he was. I knew he was like, I thought he was like thirty one. Uh, it, it's it's all about that back end of that contract. That's the. Issue. I mean, a team that wants to win now. This dude has crushed it for how many years in a row now? I mean, this is a monster. I best, would definitely want to do it if I were the Cubs. In order, if you really want, if you really want to catch the Dodgers, and you're the Cubs or anybody in the NL, you're gonna need to be able to hit them out of the park. And uh, this would seem like a candidate. So, uh, speaking of, we, we're we're bringing up the Rays again because they seem pretty active, as uh, Ryan had mentioned. So it, there are talks that they are looking for for uh, for relievers. However, obviously. The reason I bring it up is because the Tigers and the Rays have a lot of history in terms of trades. Is there a chance that Shane Green is able to be shipped to the Rays? I actually think Matt Boyd is more likely to get shipped to the Rays than Shane Green. 
They don't need him. They. It's not about a need. If they could put together an absolutely just dominant lights out lineup, and think about what baseball is right now. It's strikeouts and home runs, right? So yeah, it's, it's what we said on our podcast last can, week. If you want to, you're shortening. Up he, to, he just took a lucky guess. You're shortening up to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, ain't that the stop. truth? Stop. You didn't listen. We know Ball. you didn't. <laughs> Actually, true. God. See. Anyways, uh, was surprise. You a broken clock. You're shortening up to a three-man rotation in the playoffs, essentially, and it is a bigger advantage. Pitching, it's always about pitching in the playoffs, but it's a bigger advantage now because it is all about the long ball and just smashing runs in. And if you have guys like Matthew Boyd that strike out more than anybody on the planet, it, that the Rays take care of your strengths, right? So everyone, a lot of people want to address their weakness, address their weakness, but sometimes your weakness is always going to be a weakness. But if you can take your strength and make it transcendent no and just be <laughs> dominant in that aspect of the game, that can carry you. A pitching staff with what the Rays have plus Matthew Boyd, I mean, that is, that's a real contender. Right, but the problem is, is that the Rays already have pitching in droves. They have Blake Snell, Charlie Morton, Austin Pruitt, Yanni so Chirinos. So think about it. And if you add, I mean, that's a if you really good Matthew lineup Boyd already. That and now in the playoffs, your really good starters that you already have, some of them you can shift to the bullpen. And Matthew Boyd is under team control for three years at nothing. So because we were talking All about right. Shane Green, and it was a, a weak question posed of do they have a chance to get him. Yes, of course they have a chance. I just think it's interesting because of the relationship that the two organizations have, where they have have had a lot of interaction with each other. It seems like Green could be a place for them to land because if Tampa Bay, with their scout, obviously they have fantastic pitching scouting. Maybe if they see a, 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 the real changes that Green has had, there's a very good chance that he could go there instead. And uh, it, this wouldn't be a to, to finish off. This wouldn't be a burnt furnace discussion without a little self-serving on my part it's gonna hurt a little bit but i have 45 and 52 10 games back of a wild card spot the white Sox are buried in the american league playoff race sadly despite that the team isn't going into the july 31st trade deadline as a motivated seller that is according to bruce levin of 670 the score Gentlemen, is that a good idea for the White Sox to not be sellers? I don't mind it because they don't have any, to me, any must-sell candidates. They have guys they can justify holding on to. They don't have guys that are really going to get that King's Ransom. And the guys that could get them a big return, you can justify them as being part of the rebuild, part of the future, part of the next couple of years. I mean, White Sox fans got to be thinking two years out. Yeah. So I, I certainly think they can justify not selling. I mean, they can play safe with it, like a like a Lions draft, where you can hold on to everybody who might be part of the future, and then just the the little bits you can sell, you do that. Sort of like what the Pistons did at the NBA trade deadline. They didn't move any of their big names. Uh, There's a different reason that they couldn't, but they didn't move any big names. They just made a couple small moves to get themselves. Well, they didn't get themselves assets. They got themselves players. But, you know, kind of a reverse scenario of that where you're moving those smaller time players to get, you know, even if it's 
uh, smaller assets back, that's probably the route that they should go and do and hope that you hit on one of those guys. Um, but who who knows? You probably know more than certainly me. Well, I absolutely do, and I'll be talking about a lot more in our next segment, wink, wink. But uh, there, there is absolutely no reason for the White Sox to move. Uh, unlike the Tigers, they are ready to go within the next two seasons. The only guy who you could consider to get rid of would be Jose Abreu. The problem is Abreu is a, unlike Miguel Cabrera, is a big Latin American fella who can hit the long ball and is actually good in the locker room. The young guys have really latched on to him, and to get rid of him would be a major mistake. So White Sox should probably stay put because their future is very bright. And that finishes up the burnt furnace for us. Matt, if you put in music, thank you. If you didn't, uh, stay in Tahoe. Just to be some crackling, wood burning, maybe some explosions. It's fine. It can be just something. Give me some background. Fireworks. Uh, anyways, so, different. so thank you all for taking a seat around our broken appliance as we mull about rumors. And now we move on to our next segment, Cue the Cars. So to finish off our show here, we have a brilliant idea conjured up by our very own Ryan Griffin, one piece of the gruesome twosome. Finally. Ryan, take it away. What do Finally you have? Finally, I get credit. So what we have going on is we have a mailbag dedicated from Detroit Sports Nation where any of you listeners, any week that we pose the questions, can ask us anything you want to know, sports related, not sports related. You can ask them what their favorite type of socks are. You can ask them what kind of car <laughs> they drive, social security number, or what you think your favorite team should do in the upcoming draft, free agency, whatever it is. So this is the first week that we've done it, and we've gotten some pretty nice responses, which, of course, I'm I'm excited about. So just rolling through our, well, not our, but the Detroit Sports Nation Facebook post. The first one from Chris Buford is, Why can't the Lions catch a break after all these years? They couldn't put together a team that was decent. I think you probably just answered your own question there, Chris. They couldn't put together a team that was decent. That's why none of the breaks fell their way. But I will let you gentlemen answer that question as well. I feel like I should do this first because Paul's going to take too long. But uh, the thing, the, the kind of the messed up part is you did actually build some really good teams. 2011-2014. Uh, uh, I actually think the team building for this year is really solid as well. I think you all will be surprised at your product on the field. It all boils down to administration, just like any job. And when your owner is awful, nothing is going to go the way that it should, and you're always climbing uphill. So the only thing you can hope for is the Fords either sell or they all die out quick enough that they force a sale. So this question was centered around what's gone wrong for the Lions. Why can't they catch a break after all these years? They couldn't put together a team that was decent. So... It's extremely simple. You make your own luck. If you don't deserve it, you're not getting it. And they have wasted opportunity after opportunity, and they deserve much worse than what they've actually gotten. Because every time the stars aligned, they completely blew it. I mean, how much time have I spent on this cast talking about 2014? How many times have we had opportunity, and we just did inane things that absolutely ruined it? They can't catch a break because they can't get out of their own way. They're an atrocity of an organization. 
their embarrassment to the sport of football, and pretty much sports in general, definitely to the city, to the state. And the only thing that should be done with this franchise is to burn it to the (laughs) ground, kick them out of the NFL, and give us something new. All right. Yeah. One thing I'll say that's not their fault is the head of officiating partying in the uh, in the Mecca in 2014. It wouldn't have mattered if you had an actual coaching staff and Aaron Donald. So <laughs> the next question in they, they wouldn't have picked up the flag. That's right. They wouldn't. The next question is from Jero. top DSN fan Matt Shields. Congrats on your uh, on your title there, Matt. Could the Red Wings <laughs> surprise and find a way to make the playoffs this year? Sure they could because Ooh. it's hockey and Ooh. anybody can make the playoffs. We just saw the Blues win the championship after being the worst. Uh, no, they didn't. No, they didn't. <laughs> oh, they sure as shit didn't. They, make it. they did something. They made the playoffs. No, they not 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 my, they not won my the cup. They Don't let him mess with you. They did He's not. In they did not. I and listen. I am. No one's gonna go out there and predict the Red Wings to make the playoffs. But as Ryan said, it's hockey. They certainly could, and they have so many young guys on the roster it's not you you've seen it happen before five of them could just pop off and all of a sudden you're talking about getting an an eighth seed right i mean it doesn't what is it how many teams are in the national hockey league 30 or 20 i think 32 oh, oh, 32 no i no 2020 is when they're coming seattle's coming soon. 16 teams make the playoffs so at least half yep. of the entire league makes the playoffs if not more if we're at 32, I'm not sure. It might be 31 still. But all right, it's anybody's game, and they have the young talent that could surprise for sure. Not likely, I don't think, but sure, it could happen. So, Matt, here's the deal. Like, I think what you, what really everybody's answer is when they well, when they ask this question, the answer you're looking for is whether or not, not just what they make the playoffs, or is this going to – are the Red Wings back on track? That's really what matters. I think so, obviously. Like – It's very obvious that Stevie Y knows how to run an organization. The problem right now is he's got to get under all, got to get out from under a lot of bullshit. You got a lot of bad contracts you still got to get rid of. You got the young cats that got to still be around. And also your, your defensive groups, you got to get better. There's a lot of bad contracts in that back six. And on top of that, you got to get better talent back there. That's the bread and butter of the Red Wings. That's how it worked for the longest time. And that needs to change. I don't think a playoffs are in the future probably for the next two years. What you can hope for, though, is that Stevie Y gets you out from under those bad players. So the next, it's not really a question, but I guess it's more of a statement. Derek Taylor McClure. New Lions defense compared to Jim Schwartz defense with Sue, Levy, and company. I'm assuming he means What's the 2014 question? defense. He wants us to compare the two. That's comparing. It's yeah. telling someone uh, to compare something is not a question. It wasn't Jim Schwartz. <laughs> it's true. It wasn't Jim Schwartz, but we'll give him a pass on that one. Yeah, you're right. Down talk the few interactions we get with people. Oh, That's I didn't down talk it. I just I'm said it wasn't a question. No, I'm talking I'm about I'm talking about Paul him. sitting there I'm crapping just on him. Setting the record straight that it wasn't Jim Schwartz because Jim Schwartz would have actually had that unit do something. Damn. <laughs> uh, there is no comparison. Uh, any success that this defense has is going to be because we have a brilliant defensive-minded coach. This was still a really bad defense last year, and it was only kind of watchable because we have a great coach. We had a dominant defensive line before. We're nowhere near that. Uh, we have 
just like back then, we have one player in the secondary worth actually playing. Eh, actually, I'll throw Quandre Diggs into that mix. I like him a lot. Uh, we have no idea what we have at linebacker. I mean, this is just – I don't know how you can compare them. They might look good because we have a smart head coach that can put guys in position, but they just don't have anywhere near the talent that that team did. And, uh, well, I'd say the only, Ryan, the only comparison <laughs> would be that the defensive line for both units was the best unit on the team. But in 2014, it was way better than it is here. Uh, we don't have a linebacker anywhere near what DeAndre Levy was in his prime. Uh, and Quandre Diggs and Darius Slay, very good in the uh, very good in the backfield. Defensive backfield. I, I've said it before. I'm going to say it again and again and again. I think everybody is going to be pleasantly surprised with this team. I think the offseason moves were actually quite brilliant. And everyone gets hung up on the buzzwords of, oh, the pa- they're Patriot guys. Well, they're also not bad players. Uh, in fact, there have been a lot of lists that Lions are some of the most improved team. They did, had a lot of improvements in the offseason. Uh, I think that that defense will be closer than what you would think on surface. I think Paul kind of thinks, hey, it's not that close. I think they'll make you think at the very least. Another question here from Carson Gilbert. I'm 22. Congratulations, Carson. What are the Spoiler odds alert. I die before Detroit wins another championship? If you want odds on that, Carson, I'm going to give you a pretty good life, 80 to 90 years old. The odds that you die before Detroit wins another championship, probably 3,000 to 1. One of those teams, probably the Red Wings, maybe the Tigers in you know 50 years of your life, should win a, <laughs> Tigers, should win yeah, a, a right. world championship of some sort. Not as long as Chris Illich is the owner. Well, he's not going to be the owner in 50 years. Uh, maybe. I mean, I'd say about 15% chance you die without a title. I, there's just a lot of ways you can die before reaching ripe old age. In the next 50 years, that put you at 72, which is uh, a life that if you don't get hit by a car or something crazy, you should expect to get at least there. Uh, in 50 years, you got to win a title somewhere. I mean, just sheer numbers at that point. I mean, we have four major sports teams. You're talking four times 50. It's 200 opportunities to win a title. Can we win one half a percent of the time? I hope so. Uh, so but you could die early, and... We could just, Damn. could just, Damn. and it's also possible to just be completely futile for that long. I mean, there, we've seen cities with stretches like that. So, but I'll, I'll say 15%. So 85% you get to see a parade before you die. That's good. That's positive. Carson is a top fan at 22 years old. He's got life figured out. Uh, it's a, He'll look, be around a while. First off, good health to you and yours for as long as you all, all shall live. Here's the deal, though. I have said it before and I said it again. This city has a bad case of the loser bug. Uh, The the city of Detroit is in a bad rut with some bad habits that they have to break and it's going to freaking hurt. And I think that at least for the next 10 to 15 years, it's going to suck. And I I think that the Red Wings are obviously the most likely, but you don't, we, we don't know the landscape. I mean, the, the East is very difficult and with expansion happening again, I just, I don't know. The, uh, hockey is obviously hard to predict. I'll tell you what. The team that should have been there, the Tigers, did the worst job with rebuilding. And sweet Jesus, they are going to be worse as a product than the Pistons. So I I wouldn't put your hopes up, dude. That's why we're a college town. Justin Verlander is going to general manage the Tigers to a World Series. You heard it here first. 
I mean, literally. Uh, anybody, he, he, he left your asses. He left your asses behind general, for Houston. No, he's coming back, chill, fam. Any other okay. general manager would be an upgrade. This one is from Robbie Lee. Do you believe after this trade deadline on, that the Tigers on. will have a what? Robert E. Lee. Is that what I just said? Robbie Lee. Robbie. Robbie Lee. Yeah, Robbie. Robbie. Lee. Yeah, yeah. I got it. General. All right, let's go. Robbie Lee. Do Dude, you believe after this on. trade deadline that the Tigers will have a top three farm system in the MLB? If so, Hell no. does that make Alavila look much no. smarter than the media gives him credit for? I was looking Hell on no. Bleacher Report, and of course they are not the <laughs> oh. end-all be-all, but it ranked the Tigers farm system at least post-draft, which happened fairly recently as number 11. So even if you think they're somewhere from 8 to 12, I don't think with what they would get back, with what they can sell at this deadline, Boyd, Cassiano's green, that you're going to get talent that's going to vault you up into the top three of the farm systems, especially when other teams that are bad are selling too and can improve their position even more so than you. It is actually possible. Our farm system is going to take a step up just by guys performing and being healthy. We are absolutely stacked at pitching in our farm system, just an absurd amount of pitching. <laughs> Spoilers. Yeah. But if we were to deal all of Shane Green, Matthew Boyd, and Nick Castellanos, you're talking about a massive haul of top prospects. You're going to get some top 50 guys, some top 100 guys, and you're going to get a ton of guys in the system. Some of those guys, some of those teams ahead of you in the farm system rankings might be trading into contention and might be dropping a little bit by getting rid of some of their prospects. It's not likely, but it is technically possible. I don't see it because I don't <laughs> think we're going to trade all three of them, and I think Avila is a complete so- moron. Here's here's the thing. Here's the thing. I I know for a fact, Mister Robbie, that your anger of and your hope for Avila proving quote the media wrong is all targeted at one individual. And I hate to break it to you, but Mike Valeni is many things, but he is not a stupid baseball fan. He has had this Tigers rebuild right from the get out, and. If there's anybody that I'm going to listen to in regards to how that how that whole process is going, it's going to be him. And I know it's not easy to swallow, but the rebuild the Tigers have done has been a joke. They've done it as poorly as possible. And the reason why I can say that with certainty is because my team did the exact opposite. We got rid of Chris Sale at the top and got a major haul for him. We traded for Eloy Jimenez, and we were able to get rid of Quintana. We had that willingness to get rid of guys. You didn't. And this is the difference between what the White Sox are going to be for the next five years and what you are going to be for the next five years. It's just proof in the pudding. Even though the White Sox are have a losing record, they've been competitive. They've been in the mix with really young guys in what was supposed to be a rebuild year, where the Tigers have the worst run differential in the entire league and are a joke of a product. You gotta listen, even if it hurts. He has it right. You're not going to see the media be proven wrong. Alavila is what he is. He's a joke. Valeni did say Verlander was gonna stay trash, though. The, the hey, next question. Everybody's wrong once in a while, but he had Fulmer right Hold from on a second. get out. And he copped the hell out on that because he literally came on air this year and was like, Verlander's cheating. Pretty much verbatim. But no, he, he he said it. He said it in jest. No, 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 no. Hell no. It is literally the one of two episodes I've listened to 
in the past eight yeah. fucking Yeah, months. and I listened to every single one. He was clearly he kidding. He was not yeah. remotely he, he was He was not kidding. He said he, was he wasn't kidding. He just didn't have any kidding. evidence to back it up, but he said, he said this is just my opinion. Well, he, he, said, he will not let that one go. I don't look. I I took it as a joke because, like, could you really be serious about that opinion? I mean, it, but it's, regardless, he sounded very I'm, serious. Okay, fine. But regardless, that doesn't change the fact that there is no one. I I have not seen someone be as correct as he was about the former situation. He had that called basically well, a this year is where I in would advance. Like to shout out AJ Ryan. And I'm just because saying. good friend AJ nailed that shit to the T from all parts of it, from the dealing to the injuries to just everything. Anyways, no, Ryan, next one. Next question from John Connors, and not the the gentleman from Terminator or the very great rapper from Flint, Michigan. Shout out to John Connor. What? Which Detroit team? It, man, <laughs> if you haven't checked them out, you got to. It's crazy. I'm good, thanks. Which Detroit? Oh, I forgot you hate black music. Which Detroit music? Oh, yeah. Or which Detroit music? Which Detroit team has the best chance at a championship in the next five years? And he did make it clear in the comments that you are allowed to throw in uh, college basketball and football as well. So I'm going to take the easy cop out and take probably the title favorite for this year in college basketball and say Michigan State has the best chance oh, it's Michigan to State. win. I mean, this is so. Title Can we not even do this question? Because we both know what all of us are going to say. It's Michigan State basketball. It's not. Like, objectively, just on not? numbers, it's, a, it's Michigan, Michigan State basketball. basketball. What? That's crazy. He, no, he's going to say Michigan I know, football. but you think in the next five years, Michigan football is going to have a better chance than this Michigan State basketball team does? Hell yeah. That That's – that. oh, oh my yeah, – It's oh, not even oh, close. Not, not even remotely close. <laughs> it's, they're going to be right, preseason number one by a <laughs> mile. Like, what is this? They, they are by far the best team in the country going into next year. Michigan will never be able to say that just by talent deficits. They just won't. Georgia and Alabama will always be objectively on talent higher up. So, Michigan State is the best team going into next year. And that was and here's the thing. Again, it was the question of most likely. We're not even saying whether State will. It just on surface, though, right now, State looks like the obvious option. I think option. there's a legitimate zero percent chance State wins the title next year. So that's not okay. Like, it's the most likely because your dumbass football school isn't going to win a title either. <laughs> so, like you, you won't come close. So, Mr. Connors, it seems as though your your hopes in the next five years for the professional teams it's Michigan are pretty State. pretty out the window. But depending nah, on the college I think State has a you might be uh, you might be pretty happy. But your professional you teams. Who has a chance in the next five years? Good luck. Oh, if it, your, your professional teams, you should just switch to because Chicago Because anything can happen. Yeah, just, in, we got because wins over here. anything can happen in the sport and the captain is back, you you would say the wings are the closest, but that's the pipe dream too. Yeah, but the problem is, is he has so much work to do, they're not. Also, John Connor did a song with Dr. Dre. He did. He, he was signed to Aftermath and he's not anymore. And which, he which also has apparently a pretty big hit from many years ago it has like a million views on youtube all right all right next up I mean, uh, broken mirrors maybe yes no thrills yep that's it yeah yeah broken broken mirrors and no thrills both very good songs next one from top fan oh man crazy Andrew romanick i know man you can go listen to your billy joel i'm sure that new uh <laughs> what what is what's that what's that new movie or the indian kid oh springsteen i'm sure i'm sure you're all about that <laughs> I I hate springs. Uh-huh. You were born to run. Andrew Roman <laughs> asked, 
What do you honestly think the Lions record will be this year? This is a question that we will discuss on our NFL show, but we will keep you in mind. Mr. Andrew will be doing predictions for, of course, the Lions, probably all the other 31 teams as well. Chicago Bears. And then the last question from Mr. Robbie. Actually, not the last question because I, so I had one on my personal one. Well, we're not going to talk about it. I'm just going to say that I think my opinion will probably be your favorite. Perfect. Next, Mr. Robbie McCauley asks, when do you think the Tigers will contend and spend again? I don't know, oh, 2023, man. but they could spend uh, probably whenever they want because the Illiches are still a very rich family. So whenever they want to spend, they can, but I don't think I, they will for you know another hurt. four years. I hate being this way to Tigers fans, but I'm sorry. It's a bleak future, man. That wasn't the question. He just said one. Yeah. It ain't going to be in the next decade. I actually disagree with that very much. I don't know how close to actually winning a title they're going to get, but you look at 2023, they're going to have one of the best rotations in all of baseball, and that is yeah. enough to yeah. carry it. What did that get you last That time? got us contention for contention. a decade. For a <laughs> right. literal well, decade. Oh, oh, I, I, you're right. No, you're right. It did say contention, not actual exactly. titles. My bad. So, I, I, I mean, I know what it means to close because my teams win titles. It is but. easy to win titles when you just pick the team that's about to win a title and say, this is my team now. Hey, hey, my, my, my 2005 Chicago White Sox jersey says otherwise. Yeah, after well, you, you know just professed your love for the Cubs all day. February. We got six titles. Anyways. And also Blackhawks. I got a mural of the 2010 team right after they won the Cubs. That's, that's my you team. You buy that on whatever. eBay. And then the <laughs> dude, I lit. Look, Papa. No, 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 no. Because he's gonna listen. To this. Papa Bear was with me. I can tell you where we got it can from. You not we dis- were in. Can you not muddy his no, name. No, for real. Bringing him into this conversation. No, for real. Because no, it's a really good memory. It's it's a really good memory though. Because my aunt li- lived in Chicago. She was about eight blocks northwest of Michigan Avenue, and uh, like right at its end. And there was a uh, Jewel grocery store. It's a chain in Chicago that is right next to uh, a subway part of the L to get onto the L. And there's a, a, a grocery store there. So anyone from Chicago, you you could see it. It's right there. It faces south. Um, and there's a staircase that leads up to the office to uh, the managers at the place right in front of the cash register. And there was a framed poster photo because i was there in june of the 2010 team and i asked and like my dad knew i love that team and he asked the manager hey is that for sale because it it didn't have price tag on it and it wasn't but he gave them i think it was like 25 bucks or something and i've had it ever since it's one of my favorite heirlooms that i have it's a i I love how sad it is that you are making your sweetheart father conspire with your fake fandom I see. I'll be honest. That's pretty insulting. You, you, you would think I would lie about him. That, that, that's pretty. Well, cool. No, we didn't think you lied uh, about him. We're just mad that you whirled him up into your your web of lies. It's not. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. Look, it's a heartwarming story that, that everybody has when it comes to stuff like that. Everybody's got a 2006 Tigers story, and I'm not sitting there saying you're a bunch we of didn't liars even for win it. Anything. That 2010. We didn't, we, that 2010. Well, we're no, but everybody has a memory a of like, oh we're my god, the ALCS. And nah, nah. Yeah, the story's wonderful. Fake fans it's can be the emotional too. How? I've been... A, oh, dude, just... Mm. Last question. Bulls fans since 96. Brian the Lathede, Layhead. One of them. This is on my personal page. 
Is John Wall bad? No. You can go <laughs> yourself, Brian. What is that? Yes. He, what is that he question? absolutely is. Bad? Stop it. It's, uh, it's, it, it's, uh, yes. It was something that he was, I think he listened to We're, us discuss. Worst contract in the NBA. Okay, like, that doesn't make him bad. It doesn't mean, right, it doesn't make the player bad. He is still a really good player. He is still an all-star no, level point guard. Hey, he's trash and he's a bad person. What? He might Are be a bad Con person. Coward? I don't know. <laughs> he's not bad. <laughs> Russell Westbrook is a bad we are friend. Not, we're not going to talk Russell Westbrook right now. Our, our mailbag uh, is empty, though. That's the end of our shift, end of our route. So unless you boys have Of the original else, trio. Hey, the OG3. It started off really, really bad, and then it really leveled off. And I'll tell you what. Ah, there's a question I had for Grizzly Takes, and he'll prove it. But I am insulted that you question my Blackhawks fandom. Out of all my Chicago teams outside the Bears and the White Sox, come on now. The Bulls, fine. The Cubs, fine. The Blackhawks, uh, no. Come on now. Come on now. That that hurts as my soul. And, de- and, and Papa Bear is hurt now, too. Because he was a Red part Red of that story. Fan, I will let you have the Blackhawks fandom. Why? <laughs> that's, that's counterintuitive. <laughs> no. That's what I want. I'm, what you guys going to get season I'm t- a house divided. She, hey, uh, she wants season tickets. I'll t- all I want to do is go to the Chicago-Detroit games. That's all I want. Claire, make sure you get you those season tickets. 